Welcome to the Moonlight of Emuna, Parshas Baaloscha. This week's learning should be a schos for a fuushleima for Charamash Bas Vilcha, Ratzabas Rachel, Shmoshel Zalman, Chemechaba, Menachem Mordechem Ben Ofira, Chaya Bas Tova, Frayim Ben Yafa, Michaim Ben Saru, Chama Paramalkaleya Bas Chanaserol, and Lila Nishmas Henya Bas Yichil Mechel. So as you can hear, my voice uh, is on the fritz. Not sure exactly what's going on, so I might keep it a little short today because uh, it's not so easy to to uh, speak. Um, I, I saw a couple of ideas from the Lubavitcher Rebbe that I thought uh, tie in nicely with uh, on Parshas Baloscha that tie into one theme nicely. So uh, let's take a look at, at these ideas. The parsha opens with Aaron being instructed to light the menorah, and the, the pasuk says, Aaron saneris." When you when you light, when you kindle the 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 lamps, Bahaloscha uh, Rashi points out. Baloscha that we're translating as ignite or kindle or or, or light uh, really literally means to go up to ascend. So Rashi says there's two reasons why we use this language, why the Torah uses this language. Baloscha, one is al shem shahalav oila, uh, because the, uh, the 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 flame rises up. Not I'm sorry. Therefore, the Torah uses a, a, a language of rising up. You need to light it so that the can the the flame rises up on its own. And then Rashi brings another pshat from our Rebbeim. There was a step in front of the Manaira, on which the Koyin stood, and he cleaned out the lamps and he lit the Manaira. So Rashi's telling us that part of the Avoidah, and it's so important that the Torah uses this term to indicate it, is that they went up a step. That the Koyin, when he was lighting the menorah, he had to go up on a step. So according to Rashi's first pshat, I understand why the Torah uses the word Bahaloscha. We're indicating, we're talking about the flame, and the flame has to rise up nicely on its own. But according to Rashi's second pshat, the Koyin needed a step. That sounds like a logistics issue. Why would the Torah use a different language, Bahaloscha, not the normal way of saying to light something or to kindle something, if it just it has to go up on a step? So tell me someplace else, or don't tell me, we'll figure out that the menorah is too tall to light without a step. So there must be a message a message in this. So the Lubavitcher Rebbe explained, he says there's a famous Pasuk in Mishle that we know, it always comes up every year, Hanukkah time, but there's a famous Pasuk that, that people are familiar with. It's in Mishle, Perak Chav, Pasuk Chav Zayin, the Pasuk says, Ner Hashem Nishmas Adam, that the, the light of Hashem is is the soul of man. Chavis Kolchadri Batran, which searches out all of the inner inner parts. That that the, the soul of man is the Ner of Hashem, is Hashem's light, is Hashem's lamp. And another pasuk in Mishlei, which maybe is even more famous in Perak Vav, uh, pasuk Chav Gimel. There, the pasuk says, "Kiner mitzvah v'Torah." Right, that a mitzvah is like a candle, and the Torah is like the light. Uh, uh, and the rest of the pasuk is "V'derachayim toichas muser." And uh, disciplining rebukes are the way of life, which is which is the, the person should live his life by Torah and mitzvahs. Says Lubavitch Rebbe, this is why the pasuk in this week's parsha starts with "Bahaloscha" to go up, because. When we're talking about in the parsha about lighting the menorah, it's also uh, it's also a metaphor for lighting the flame of the lamp of Hashem. Right? We said that the, that uh, the neshama of a human being is Hashem's lamp. How do you light that? How do you light that? How do you light it so that it's also near mitzvah Torah are? So it requires it requires you to take a step. 
if we influence other people, if we help lighting, light the lamps of Hashem by, by reaching out to another Jew, by teaching somebody Torah, by showing somebody a mitzvah, by doing something for another Jew, besides the fact that we're lifting them up, we're also lifting ourselves up. Just like the Kohen, when he went to light the, can, the, the flame, both of Rashi's Peshatim are correct. The flame goes up and it lifts him up. And the step shows that. The fact that he had to go up a step shows what's actually happening. By him lighting the candle, he's being lifted up himself. The Kohen is being lifted up in that act of lighting the candle. And the same is true whenever we help out another Jew, whenever we teach Torah to another Jew, whenever we help another Jew do a mitzvah, whenever we have any kind of influence on another Jew. And by the way, another Jew can include our family members, our wives, our children, our husbands, it could include anybody. We, we, we influence somebody else. It's not only that person that we're affecting, we're lifting ourselves up as well, just as the coin was lifted up on the step when he lit the menorah. So if you put these psukim together, if you put the, the, the pasuk in Mishle that says that the nishmas adam is ner Hashem nishmas adam. So, that, so, so we have to light the candles of Hashem, which are the souls of, of other people. And we want to know how, to, how do you light a lamp? We look to Parshas Baloscha. Baloscha Rashi tells us that while you're also, while, both things are true. You're lifting the, the, the flame up, you're lifting yourself up as well. And those two, when you learn how to do that, so now I want to ignite other Jews Jewish souls, I lift myself up alongside with them. I, I influence them and I lift myself up. Then we get to Kiner Mitzvah Torah. Now we understand that the candle and the flame is the Torah and the Mitzvahs. That we that we, Hashem guarantees us that if we follow the process that Aaron HaKoyin followed in Baha'u we too will be lifted up and we will see the, the, the fulfillment of Kiner Mitzvah Torah in our own lives. There's a famous vart that I'm sure most of you have heard. I forget who it's attributed to, but why does the Torah refer to as Ar? Kiner mitzvah the Torah Ar. A mitzvah is like a, like a candle and the Torah is like light, like the flame. The reason is, the reason that's offered is that there's something unique about a flame. And most other things in the world, if I share it with somebody, my portion is diminished. So if I have a piece of cake and I split it with my friend, I have now. I now have a half a piece of cake. If I have some money, I give some money to tzedakah. I now have less money in my bank account. Yes, there are promises that I'll get more back, but the actual act of giving, at least for the moment, diminishes what I have. A flame is one thing that's not the case, right? When we take, think of uh, Hanukkah night, or for, or for the women, or for the husbands who help the women set up the the candles. Um, when we light, when you take a shamish, or you take one candle and you light it to another candle. The light of the first candle is not diminished. Ruchnias, Torah, mitzvahs, is not diminished when we help another Jew. Very often a person thinks, I want to learn on my own. I don't have time to learn with other people. I, it's going to take away from my own learning. The, the message of the, of the Pasuk, Kiner Mitzvah Torah R, tells us that Torah, when you share Torah with other people, when you share Mitzvah with other people, nothing is diminished. If anything, you gain more, like we just explained for Rashi, from Rashi and from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, that you, you, are, you go up in a level. You think maybe, oh, you know what, I really wanted to learn and work on myself right now, but my friend needed somebody to learn with. My Harusa wanted to learn a little bit longer. And, and, you know, it wasn't so convenient for me. And you think, and I gave up my own time to learn. The answer is, it's not true. You lifted yourself up in a way that had you learned on your own, you would not have gotten that same, that same benefit, that same increase. Later on in the parasha, the Torah spends some time talking about the travels of the Jewish people. And uh, in Perak Tess, right after Ravi, uh, Pasach of Bez, the Pasach over there says, uh, it's talking about that, 
how the Jewish people knew when to travel, when a specific stop in the Midbar was over. And the Pesukim explained that during the day there were clouds, the Ananiyah covered, and at night there was fire, and the, uh, the cloud would cover the Mishkan, and whenever they saw the cloud rise and start to move, so the Jewish people would start their, their journeys. And then the Pasuk says in Pasuk Chavbeis, it's talking about what, how they stayed and how long they stayed in each one. So the, the, the Pasuk says, actually Chavalov talks about it already also. There were times where the cloud would be lifted in the... Uh, uh, it, and it would be from evening until morning. And then the cloud would move in the morning. And they would and they would uh, travel for a day and a night. And the cloud would be lifted and they would journey. And then Pasuk says, or sometimes for two days or a month, or many days or a year that the that the cloud would stay on the Mishkan. So, and then they wouldn't they wouldn't travel for a long time until the clouds lifted up lifted up again. So we know there were forty two journeys throughout the midbar. They were in the midbar for forty years. So some of those some of those encampments were very short, and some of those encampments were very long. So that's what the pasuk explains to us. Says the Babacharebi. We know that every one of those journeys, as the Psukim explained, Al Piyashem Yachnu, Al Piyashem Yiso, that whatever it was, it was all by Hashem's Hashem's command. It was all based on what Hashem wanted. Now, if they considered, oh, you know, in this space, place where it was really nice, we were only here for a, for a couple of days. This other place that we didn't love so much, um, we were here for a long time, we were here for a year. And so a person could start to think, well, why? But they didn't ask those questions. Even with all the complaining that we see that the, that the Darha Midbar did in the Midbar, a lot of complaints that they had, they never complained about why they stayed in some places for so short and some places for so long. And the reason is they understood because they saw the clouds move. They understood that this was Hashem's will. And therefore, they also understood that if Hashem wanted them in a, in a certain place for a short time, that means it was important to be, for them to be there only for a short time. And if Hashem wanted them to be there for a long time, it was important that they be there for a long time. And since this was all Hashem's determination, Hashem's will, and Hashem is not limited by space and time, so the, the amount of time they're there or the place that they are is not something that Hashem is subject to. So whether, if we looked at those enca- different encampments, it's not because we were in some place longer or versus shorter, did not make it more important or less important. It was that, that this is what Hashem wanted. For whatever reason, part of the divine plan was that in this place we have to be for two months, in this place we have to be for six months. That was part of the divine plan plan and nobody thought that oh this place is less important because we were only here for for a short time and that place must be more important because we were there for longer and they, therefore even if they were only going to be there for a few days Hashem had them set up the Mishkan because every single place that they were was important enough that they had to have the Mishkan assembled right the the the, the Torah does not mention that oh if you're only going to be here for a few days I won't bother having you put together the Mishkan whenever they traveled they had to dismantle the Mishkan and they had to put it back together they put it back together and it could be that it was only for two days and then they would move on but Hashem was showing to them that it doesn't matter how long you're going to be here this is something that I want you to do it's important now in the Midbar, they have the ben- they had the benefit of seeing the clouds. They had the Ananiah covered. They had the Mishkan. They saw the Karbanos being received. So they understood. It was very clear that everything that they were doing in life, wherever they were, they they it was by Hashem's will. 
And therefore, they didn't question, what am I doing with at this point in my life? Why am I stuck in this uh, desert? Right? They didn't have those questions. But the lesson for us is we have to remember that every step in our lives is also completely calculated and planned by Hashem. No less than the people in the Midbar. Sometimes we find ourselves in, in some place and we start to think, oh, how, why am I stuck in this situation? How come I've been here for so long? Why didn't I have the, the advantages that somebody else had? The message of the travels of the Jewish people in the Midbar is wherever you are and forever however long that is it is critically important and it's part of the divine plan and that's where you're supposed to be and that's what you're supposed to and that's the length of time you're supposed to be there and when it's time to move Hashem will give you a way to move our job is to recognize that it's part of the divine plan and to build a mishka no matter what our circumstances are. Right? Of course, a person could do hishtadlis if he wants to change something, he wants to live in a different place or this. Of course, he's allowed to go through certain things with the advice of, 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 of people and to understand what, what his role in life is. But of course, a person is allowed to make those decisions. But wherever he is, let's say he's stuck in something or you know he, the what-ifs or could-haves or should-haves, those a person has to remember that's all part of the divine plan. And our job is just like the Jews in the Midbar, no matter where we are and no matter how long we're going to be there for, we need to build a Mishkan. Wherever we are, whatever our situation is, you sometimes can think, oh, this is not a place that's conducive for spirituality. You need to figure out how to put, build a Mishkan right there. Even though maybe I'm going to move in a couple of days, you have to bring spirituality into those current circumstances, into that place, into that time, no matter how long or how short it's going to last. The truth is sometimes the opposite. So I'm here so long already, I, I don't feel any excitement in my spirituality. Or, or sometimes the problem is that it's too short, right? That it's, I, 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 I'm only going to be here for a little bit. I can't start working on my spirituality. No, the answer is, whatever we're doing, we have to remember that it's part of the divine will. And what does Hashem want us to do with whatever set of circumstances, whatever location, whatever the system is that we find ourselves in, is to build a mishkan. To figure out how can I best serve Hashem under these current circumstances. In this current situation. The situation may change tomorrow or it may last another 10 years, but I have to figure out in each moment of that situation, how do I build a mishkan right here? Each of these journeys are divinely ordained. Hashem wants us here. There's something that is, it's important. It doesn't matter how how unimportant it might look compared to the other ones, right? A, a, a place where the Jews settled for two days could have felt less important than a place where they were for two years, but it's not correct. It's just as important. It's part of the divine plan. So we have to remember that in our own lives. We look at somebody else who's doing big things. That may not be our plan right now. That may be not our share of the divine plan right now. Maybe my part of the plan right now is to give the little tzedakah that I can give and to get up to davening on time and to learn the few minutes I can in my current circumstances. And maybe there'll be a journey coming up where I'll be able to do, give more tzedakah and I'll be able to learn more and I'll be able to, to do more things. But right now, my journey, it, the journey brought me to where I am right now. And I need to build a mishkan and make the best, do the best avoidance Hashem I can do under these circumstances right now without thinking about what was yesterday or what's going to be tomorrow, right now, my current circumstances, what does Hashem want from me? That's our job to ask. That's building a mishkan in every single moment. With that, we should all be zaycha to greet Parshas Baloischa this Shabbos with taking a step up by helping each other. The Achdus spirit of Shavuos is still alive. The Keshechad Belevechad, helping, sharing Torah, sharing mitzvahs. Everybody can help somebody else do something uh, in, in Avodas Hashem and in our own Avodas Hashem to appreciate that whatever we're going through, even if it doesn't feel inspired, it doesn't feel like this is this this. There's a purpose to this. Know that we are in every. We are in the place, in the circumstances, for the length of time, exactly as it's ordained, and our job is to build that Mishkan. Have a great Shabbos, everybody.